0: Thank you so much for joining us. We believe that God is working in your life, and we would love to hear about it. So please send us an email at amen at r4sq.org. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you're blessed by today's message.
1: Psalm 34, verse 1. And this was written by David. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their eyes. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear Him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. O oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. There is no want to those who fear Him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come. You children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord, who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. I want you to read that with me. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. And he saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. But the Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word this morning. Now, God, in these next few moments, bless the speaking of your word, I pray. And we yield our members to you, open our hearts to you. Holy Spirit, come now. We need your presence to saturate this room. I need your presence to saturate this room, sir. That your people may know they're in a safe place. That you are here. That all is well. And that you, almighty God, has come near to them. Come near, Holy Spirit. And release the presence of God in this house. In Jesus' name. And all that agree, said, amen, amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you, Pastor Angelo. Well, today, as we continue the series, Restore Healing for Spirit, Soul, and Body, I'm going to share with you the third message in this series, and the title of this message is, Broken, Mended, and Rewinded. Broken... Mend it and rewind it. Now, for you English majors that are sitting out there, I fully understand rewind it may not be a word. So I made it up. Okay, Webster is just Webster is trying to catch up with me. So in about 20 years from now, 30 years from now, that will be defined in Webster dictionary. it. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> broken. Mend it and rewind it. In this message, I want to assure some of you, and I want to remind others of you, that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. The world we live in can be a cruel world. It is a world filled with pain, filled with hurt, filled with setbacks and disappointments. Things that not only make life difficult, but also create brokenness in the very heart and soul of humanity. Things that happen to us that takes the wind out of the sails of life. But Jesus has come to heal the brokenhearted, and to give you a new win for your life. He said in Luke four eighteen, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, and he's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. The Spirit of God rested upon Jesus, anointing him to heal those who were brokenhearted. So if your heart has been broken in any way, if life has dealt you a setback that seems insurmountable, Jesus came just for you. He came to heal your broken heart and to restore you to a place of wholeness. One of my, 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 my favorite quotes on being restored from brokenness that is not found in the Bible There's a quote by Ernest Hemingway in his book, A Farewell to Arms. It says, please hear me, the world breaks everyone. And afterward, many are strong in the broken places. The world breaks everyone, and afterward, many are strong in the broken places. But those that will not break, it kills. It kills the very good. It kills the very gentle and the very brave impartially. I first used that quote in the first funeral service that I performed, which was the service of our beautiful little grandchild, please forgive me, not gone there in a while, who died two months before her third birthday. while struggling with not only what to say at the funeral, I also struggled about how to personally get through such a loss. And it was during that time that I read those words by Hemingway. It was on the cover of a Christian CD. As I reflected on those words, I realized only by God's grace would we get through this brokenness. Amen. And if we were going to be healed, Jesus was going to have to do it. As I walked through that brokenness, trying to understand How a broken person can be made strong in that broken place, I learned the only way to come out of such a setback stronger is to allow God to put you back together. As we walk through that difficult moment, My natural mind don't understand this, but my faith in God grew stronger. My love for God expanded and my hope and confidence in my creator increased. Remember Humpty Dumpty? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty together again. Listen, the things of this world cannot put you back together when you've been broken. Yet many people live like Humpty Dumpty, waiting on something worldly, some man something to come and make them whole again and it doesn't work that way there are many things that breaks us in life some are broken because of loss some are broken because of divorce or failed relationships some are broken financially some are broken emotionally Some are broken physically. Regardless of how the world may have broken you, you must turn to Jesus, draw nigh to God, pray that He draws nigh to you, and let Him touch you in that place where you've been broken. And let Him put a new wind in your cell of life. Many have asked, How do we get through our time of loss? And I shared with them what I want to share with you about our process of restoration that I believe the Lord gave us that brought about a speedier recovery than I would have ever thought possible. This is our process of recovery and restoration. We would wake up in the morning to a day met with deep pain and sorrow so we would grieve and cry. You see, grieving is a natural process that God's given us for healing. But in order to grieve, you must accept your new reality, which is difficult to do when you're facing such brokenness or such loss. Although that is hard to do, If you're going to be healed from whatever brokenness or whatever loss you've, 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 you've encountered, you must accept your new reality. I know messages like this can open you up and stir up hurts that may be buried deep inside, which is of great concern to me, and I want you to know that this is of great concern to me that, that you may be touched and opened up maybe in an area where you're still raw but I believe the Lord showed me that he's going to come to you today. He's going to heal you in your brokenness. And in that, I find and I found great comfort. The realness of the pain must be dealt with for a healing to come. I know people who have suffered loss. They've suffered divorce. They've suffered other such, such, such setbacks that have not been restored because they mask the pain. Or they deny the reality of what has happened. God's healing comes to us by way of grace and truth. When we live according to the truth or the realities of life, then God meets us with His grace. He showers grace over us, and the process of healing and restoration begins. So the first step in our process was. We would cry. We felt the pain. Do you hear what I'm saying? Step two was after we'd grieved, we'd worship God. Oftentimes, with tears still flowing down our faces, my wife and I would lift our hands and we'd worship our creator. You see, in worship, you express to God your refusal to blame him for what has happened. In our worship, In the midst of our pain, it was our expression to God that we refuse to blame you for what has happened. Something I learned a long time ago that has helped me along the way is this. Please hear me. Not only do bad things happen to good people, but bad things also happens to God's people. Bad things also happens to God's people. The, difference, the advantage, if, if it's such that we have as believers of God is as we're walking through the badness of this world like everyone has to walk through, we have God on our side when we walk through it as we should. Step three in our process of healing and restoration, after we had grieved, After we'd worship, we would turn to prayer. But please hear me. Not prayer for ourselves, but prayer for someone else. At the time that we lost our granddaughter, our pastor, founding pastor of this church, Pastor Bob, was in the hospital. He'd gone into the hospital basically to die of terminal cancer. So we would fill next moments with prayer for him and prayer for his family. And I can only tell you that that process speeded up our recovery more than I would have ever thought. And we found a strength and a grace that I would have never imagined. Simple three part process that helped us tremendously in our recovery. We grieved, we worshiped, and we prayed. We grieved we worshiped, and we prayed. As I stated in the beginning of this series, in each message that we do, we're going to have someone share with you a testimony concerning how they received or are receiving healing and restoration from God based on what they're going through. And today I have asked Rosalind Blackwell to share with us. So Rosalind, would you please Come to the platform as I get the mic for you. Will you please welcome Roslyn Blackwell? Thank you. You welcome.
0: Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> um, when Pastor asked me to speak, he didn't um, tell me the title of his um, sermon. And he didn't tell me um, which Bible verses he would be reading for. And I hope as I tell my story, you'll see that everything that God does, he does in perfection and confirmation. I want to briefly tell you the story of my restoration and healing. I'm standing here today because I serve a God that cradled me in all of my brokenness, remolded me in my pain so that I understood that my pain had purpose. And when I accepted my purpose, he opened my heart to unimaginable joy because I know that we serve a God that has no respect of person. I want to tell you my story so that you'll know that everything that he's done for me, he can do for you. On December 10th, 2011, I was in the Dallas airport about to board a plane for Huntsville, and I read a Facebook post from my son, Miles Blackwell, 16 years old, and it was written at 918 that morning, and and it read, to be honest, my mom is the most beautiful person, the smartest person, the nicest person. Girls, I have my standards. And I, I thought to myself, okay, he's about to ask me for a doozy of a Christmas present. And I turned off my plane. I turned off my phone. Boarded the plane, landed in Huntsville. Was walking through the gate, and I saw a friend of mine, Colonel Small. And we greeted each other in the standard way we greeted each other. I said, "Hello, Colonel Small." And he said, "Hello, Colonel Blackwell." I said, "Where are you headed?" And he said, "Well, I need to talk to you. If you could please come right here and sit down." And out the corner of my eye, I saw my closest friends and my husband and my daughter approaching me. And they surrounded me, and they proceeded to tell me that Miles was killed in a car accident at 10.36 that morning. Miles, my son, who could finish every sentence that I started. Miles, my son, that could make me laugh until I cried. Miles, my son, who learned to fly a plane before he could drive. Miles, my son, who we called the most baptized person, the most baptized teenager, because once he and I were discussing baptism, and I was raised Methodist, and I had him baptized, you know, we Methodist Church, we baptized children. And um when and at twelve, you do confirmation, but Miles decided at twelve to um to baptize, to get baptized again. And he said, the first time you baptized me, the second time I did it to show you that I would never be ashamed of God. But he said, Mom, I baptized myself with my youth minister, my best friend, and that time I did it for myself. I would later learn that Miles, one of the diamonds from my womb, That um, that... That day, he had promised a foster care child that he would take him to a basketball game, and he dropped him off at the game, and we can only assume that he was coming back home because he left his phone. And on the way back, he saw, uh, it was an uncoming truck, and he overcorrected, hit the guardrail and flew off the side of the road, hit a telephone pole, and instantly died. Miles was gone. And I was left devastated and broken. I can't tell you how many times in the following days that I fell to my knees and begged God to change the order of the universe, to take me and give my only son back life. And over and over, I would clearly hear God saying, Trust me, trust me. Psalms 34 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and save those who are crushed in spirit. Yes. But I can't tell you how close God was to me, that I could feel him intimately. It was there in my brokenness that I began to experience the most intimate relationship with God. And I decided to trust him with all the pain, with all the anger, and with all the disappointment. The more I leaned into God, the more He revealed Himself to me and started changing me from Rosalind, who knew about God but trusted in her own intellect and her survival skills, to Rosalind that trusted God for her next breath. God did not immediately take my pain away. Is in my pain. That my compassions for others grew. It is through this pain that I saw the world differently, that I, understand, uh, that I understood that there's a world for the broken people, that needed hope just to make it to the next day. The Miles Blackwell Foundation was founded to provide hope. Miles Blackwell died before he entered college but the Miles Blackwell Foundation has given over 36 scholarships to students attending college. Miles Blackwell never got to, to Doctors Without Borders, but the Miles Blackwell Learning Center has 17 Christian schools outside of Rwanda. Miles spent his last day helping foster kids. This year, the Miles Blackwell Foundation foundation sponsored a christmas party with gifts for over 100 of children 100 children and half of those were foster care children it is not a day that goes by that i don't miss miles but i know that god let me experience a love so deep and so great that it left me a different person a better person In this, my abbreviated story of God has healed and restored my heart when I decided to lean into him and trust him with my pain and let him reveal himself to me so that I could know him personally. There came healing. And I I leave you with that, and it's a very abbreviated story, and I just want to tell pastor that if ever he should do a story on how God reveals himself to you have come out of the pulpit again. That I Amen. come out. Yes,
1: thank you, thank you, Rosalind. And you will have a chance to share again. I've been telling her for the longest, she got to come out of the balcony so people would know who she is. Amen. So, if you have a chance, please, please go by Rosalind, visit with her, and uh, give her an opportunity to share. Uh, uh, maybe more of her story. There's something about, again, the Bible says that they overcame by the. Thank you, Ross.
0: Thank you.
1: Let's give her another hand. And it's amazing, she had no idea. I just told her I'm speaking on brokenness. She didn't know the scripture I was using. She knew none of that. So that just shows you how God works and how God's working in this. And he's working in this for you. Amen? In our text today, it's a powerful passage that promises healing and restoration for the brokenhearted. In this psalm, David gives his insight concerning what we should do when facing that things that produces brokenness. God has promised great blessings to his people, but many of these blessings require our active, faith-filled participation. And sometimes, you may not have faith, but you must always have trust in God. The promises of God are yes and amen. However, they often have certain conditions associated with them that we must meet. Things that God requires of us if we're going to fully receive what he has promised. If we're going to even receive our restoration from brokenness. I want to say that again. There are things that God requires of us. Even if we're going to receive restoration from brokenness. Some of the things that he promised that brings healing and restoration, God promised that David wrote about in Psalm 34 are as follows. In verse 4, God promises to deliver us from fear. He promises to deliver us from fear. In verse 6, he promises to save us out of our troubles. In verse 7, he promises to guard and deliver us from dangers. In verse 9, he promises to supply all of our needs. In verses 15 and 17, God promises to listen when we cry out to him. Verse 17, David said, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all. How many? All. Not some. All. all of their troubles. All of their troubles. And I love the promise found in verse 18 that Rossland shared. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he rescues those who have a crushed spirit of those whose spirits have been crushed. God will come to you in your state of brokenness to heal and restore you. He has promised to do as much. So what does David instruct us to do when broken? He starts out by saying in verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That is key to you walking out the things in this world that comes to break you. David said, all of my circumstances, good or bad, will be met with me blessing my God. All of my circumstances. That no matter what life throws at him, David said, I'm gonna bless God in the midst of it. One thing I've learned about brokenness is this, there are some things in life we may never get over, but with God on our side, we will get through. We will get through. Sometimes getting through means getting, just, getting through just one moment or just one minute in your day. It may be just, just one moment, one, just one instance where you got to, oh, God, help me through this. Sometimes getting through means getting through a, a tough hour or, or a tough two hours or getting through a tough day. Or a rough week. Or even a rough month. But if you would bless the Lord through it all. God will come to you. Amen. David said, His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In other words, nothing is going to stop me from praising God. When you allow, and I, this may sound hard, but I, I believe this is the way God gave it to me to share, so please, please forgive me. When you allow your circumstances to stop you from praising the Lord, trouble awaits you. Is that too hard? I don't want to be too hard. And I wrestled with how to say this and I could not come up with any other way. When you allow your circumstances to stop you from from praising the Lord, trouble awaits you. Do not let what life serves up that may be hard or bitter take away your praise. I know some of you Maybe be thinking, but pastor, you don't know what I've gone through, or you don't know what I'm going through. And you're right. I may not know, but God does. Yes. Amen. I'm not telling you to trust me. Come on. I'm not telling you to even trust what I have to say. I'm telling you to trust God. Amen. Trust what he has said. Bless him. Praise him. Worship him. Do you hear what I'm saying? In spite of what has come your way, if you would do this, God will come and deliver you out of all of your troubles. I didn't make that up, I didn't write that, but God said it. It is written in his word. God has promised to come to you. He has promised to deliver you. He has promised to heal your brokenness. Take him at his word because God is not a man that he can lie. There is nothing but the truth in him. I want to just take a moment and look at a few more things David said we should do to receive the promises of God. Because when we do our part, we appropriate the blessings of the Lord. And listen, we place a demand on what he has promised.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: We place a demand on what he has promised. Verse 4, David said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me out from all my fears. So we're told in verse 4 to seek him. In verse 6, we're told to cry out to the Lord. David said, this poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Mm -hmm. Verse eight tells us to trust him even in our troubles. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Mm -hmm. And when is the Lord good to us? All the time. About 20% 20% of the people in this room believe that believe that evidently. So when is the Lord good to us? All the time. He's good to us all the time. He's good to us when, when times are good, yes. and he's good to us when times are bad. Yes. He's good to us in plenty, and he's good to us when we lack. He's good to us when everything is, 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 is perfect. He's good to us when we have to suffer loss or setback or disappointment. None of those things changes the goodness of God over our lives. God is good to us all the time, no matter what we're going through. And we're to bless him. We're to trust him because he's a good God. Verses 7, 9, and 11 speak to us, speak of us fearing the Lord. I particularly love what David wrote in verse 7. He says, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. The angel of the Lord. In the Old Testament, whenever you see the angel of the Lord, it is referring to Jesus. So David's saying, Jesus himself comes. He's not just talking about some angel right. who's been created by God. He said, the angel of the Lord, that's Jesus, that's that preincarnate Christ. He said, he encamps around us, all around those who fear him, and he delivers them. The fear that David writes about is not a fear as in torment, but it is a reverential fear, a fear that keeps you from blaming God when things are bad. A fear that makes you bless him and praise him at all times. A fear that exalts him to the highest place of faith, trust, and confidence. A fear that makes you want to please him and serve him even when things are not good. A fear that makes you honor and respect this word, both spoken and written. When we have this kind of reverential fear of God, David said, Jesus comes. And he encamps all around us. And he becomes our deliverer. And that is what I believe the Lord showed me about today. He's going to come to you. He's going to come.